right. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Sonny, and I'm back again with another episode of Sonny Talking. On today's episode, I'm here with a very special guest. I'm here with Alakana. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it better that time, bro. Better than the first <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, the sure. first time I butchered it. But what's yeah. good, bro? How you been, man? I'm good, bro. Just doing the work, man. Chilling. Just taking it day by day, man. Best I can. What about you? You good? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Uh, you know, pushing forward, uh, working, you know, just another day above ground is a, is a blessed day. You know what I mean? You kind of hear that. All praises. Yeah. Word. So, um, so on this podcast, well, you've been a guest prior, but so on this podcast, we like to give people uh, basically a rundown of from, er, from the beginning to where you are in recent times and just, you know, give them a a breakdown of your life and everything. But before we get into that, can you let them know a quick, a quick, uh, so I, give me one second. I think, uh, you can hear that in the background. I couldn't tell it now. It's like a little chime I got for every hour. No, I don't um, hear anything. Are you good? So I go ahead. My bad. No. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So if you can just let the people know, matter of fact, hold on. I'm going to just start all over. All right. You good. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Sonny, and I'm back again with another episode of Sonny Talking. On today's episode, I'm here with my boy, Alakana. Yo, what's up? What's good, bro? And he's been a previous guest on this show. And before we get into this, uh, I w- can you just give the people that aren't familiar with your last episode, can you let them know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, no problem, bro. So uh, I am from the school of thought that you know, Blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans are the true biblical Israelites. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's We understand that it's a culture and a lifestyle, and we just, you know, we keep the laws of God. And so I've been doing this thing in this walk, what we say, walking in this truth for the last two and a half years now, three years, almost going on three years strong. So, you know, we just teach the people that, you know, we got to come back to God's laws, man. That's what I've been doing for the last three years. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Okay, and... um. All right, so we'll get into a little bit of that shortly. We'll probably get into that quicker than we did last time since you've already been on the show and people want to do a deep dive on, like, me and yours relationship, our history, and, like, right, right. just, like, you growing up. We'll we'll dive into it a little bit, but we don't have to get super into it. So uh, let the people know where you were born and raised. Uh, born and raised in Brooklyn. Uh, lived through all my life, um, you know, Kind of went to school in Manhattan and in Brooklyn, uh. But yeah, predominantly just living in Brooklyn all my life. Okay, okay. And uh, how was it growing up in Brooklyn? Uh, it was dope, bro. I I kind of I was thinking back on it not too long ago about how just the schools I went to, my upbringing. I was always kind of raised in um, what you would call I guess Christian school, Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Like all my life until I hit like tenth grade. I think we talked about it a little bit on the last show that mm-hmm. we did. But for about yeah, a good portion, like 14, 15 years, which is all Catholic school, Christian school. Then I finally went to public school and I just kind of got a whole different taste of like how certain people operate, just different belief systems. And that was good too, you know. It was like everybody who I knew before was like professed that they love God, they knew God, all that, and it was kind of more of a focus. Yeah. When I went to high school, I just saw a whole different way that people live. And it was a, definitely something to soak in and see, you know, how people lived. And, and then the sorry, sorry to cut you off, but in mm-hmm. the in the private schools that you went to, were they specifically uh 
like not the actual school, but like the demographic were they mainly Christian and from like Catholic, like yeah, Christian exactly. Catholic backgrounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that was one school no, I went to. No, was... sorry, my back. Sorry, because I I know that uh necessarily just because like they they go to those schools they don't always have to be from that specific religion like i know that some like let's say some muslims or like some jewish people they might send their kids to those schools just because it's private no but, uh... i would like that bro okay <laughs> it was like okay, okay. literally everybody there was like that you know it was you know people puerto ricans dominicans you know so-called african-americans like we was just out there like it was just us so it was like it wasn't I really had no real dealings with anybody who was Jewish or Muslim or anything of that nature growing up until, like I said, until I got really to high school. So, all even being like, from Brooklyn, hmm? even that? being even being from Brooklyn, yeah, I'm the, I mean, I've seen it, obviously, but it was like okay, yeah. really going to school with them and like having daily interactions with them. Nah, I wasn't to high school because everybody there was you know either from the islands or they was you know. That was it. Or just you were black or from the islands, Puerto Rican. And everybody, you know, how our family be super religious into Catholicism, things of that nature. So that was the upbringing, like I said, until like I hit 10th grade. And then it was a little, you know, a little different. <laughs> okay. So, um, so that that's interesting. I always wanted to ask, like, yeah, me being from the Bronx and shit, like we had like our little groups of like, like there's uh, the Albanians are big over there. And like the certain uh like the Vietnamese, there's a bunch of Vietnamese and all that. Like I went to school with a couple of them. Uh so you would say in Brooklyn, you don't really see like the hood Jews that would mingle with the with the regular folk and all that. The you said say that one more time. The what Jews? Like the like the hood, not hood Jews, but like the <laughs> not necessarily hood, but like the regular I, never, I mean, you know, you meet, yeah, you've seen Jewish people here and there, you know, for sure. It's like Brooklyn Eastern Parkway is like a good portion of the mix of like, you know, Jewish people and, you know, the real Jews. But yeah. it's it's kind of like, you know, you don't, they don't intermingle or talk like that. Like even now, you know, you see all the gentrification that's happening and you don't really see like a mix of like, oh, everybody hanging out. It's like their community, so their community. Our community is without community, you know, they out there building, you know, underground tunnels, and you know, we just <laughs> keeping it real. Yeah, I'm so. definitely gonna need your your perspective on that in a few. But um, as far as uh, yeah, I had a question. Sorry, can you? Yeah, what what was the thing you just said? You said uh, basically that they stood to themselves, and you, yeah, you stood know, to yourselves. You asked period. me about hood Jews and everything, so I was like, I don't know, bro. So yeah, you don't really. Yeah, that you see. that you know of like they could have probably been white on the wider side and you didn't know that they were necessarily Jewish or whatever. Oh, but you saying like just like, seeing white people like hanging out with me when I was younger? Nah, or my friend my friend group? Nah, we wouldn't we didn't see that, bro. Nah. Growing okay. up early two thousands, it was not like that. Nah. Okay, now I just remember what I wanted to ask. So, uh, can you speak on the gentrification of Brooklyn? I don't know if we got into that last time. No, I don't think we did. Um, you know, it's it's definitely something that you you've been just it. It became very clear to me when I started seeing more like families. Like it was at one point where it was like you just saw, you know, one or two like middle aged, like early thirties, like an early thirties white dude who was just you know you would be on a train station, and you would see him like, oh, I'm on an A line, so you would see them starting to get off like 
past Nostrand Avenue. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it used to be like a cutoff where it was like, all right, they Clinton, Washington, they Lafayette, they downtown Brooklyn. But like even when I was younger growing up, like late 90s, like it was definitely like it was a mix, more mixed for sure. But I know I used to live right where the Barclays is at. Mm-hmm. Like we was right off of the Barclays Center. Like we used to live, me and my family used to live over there. And it just, you know, you just don't now now there's like million dollar properties over there. So it was a little different. But mm-hmm. like you said, like when I was growing up, it was just like, all right. I just noticed it when I realized it was like the train. It was like, okay, now there's way more, you know, people coming past Nostrand all the way down to like, you know, like Rockaway Avenue, Euclid Avenue. It was like, oh, you don't, you never really saw that. And now it's like a common thing, you know? So that's one like indication that I always noticed. Uh, but yeah, the gentrification is, it's, it's interesting, bro. Cause I would say even more recently, I've been noticing that what you wind up getting with gentrification is, uh, way more abundance in like food options and healthier options, like not even like you just better supermarkets. Like I've noticed that just recently going up Nostrand and I think that's Nostrand and Fulton. It's not too far from my crib. Mm-hmm. It's like you know now they got a Chick Fil A, now they got a Shake Shake Shack. They got all like those like things that you would only see in downtown Brooklyn or Manhattan. It's like it's here now, and that's like that's one like aspect that you can notice from it. That's you might say it's a bad thing, but definitely it's definitely way more. Definitely, more, I, I would say more diverse than I haven't noticed. It was like it used to be like times where like the block would get shot up like once or every other week, and now it's like I don't see that over here anymore. Like it don't really happen. Wow, so damn, that's crazy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned like the train situation because then that just brought me to like, like I related it to my like situation, like growing up in the Bronx, like and working downtown, and like the the fun like the thing was like. The train could be packed uh, right. either on like the D or the, the Ford train or whatever. And you, you would know like, right, I'm going to get a seat after 59th Street because all the white people are about to get off. Or like oh, worst right, case right. scenario, like one two fifth, the white people are going to get off. I'm, I'm going to be able to get a, grab a seat real quick probably. You get it? Right. So then like you saying like, oh, you started seeing people like stay on after certain stops. It's like, oh, shit, shit is changing. Shit like, is I can definitely relate to that word. And uh, so uh, another thing I wanted to ask, you mentioned uh, down, you, you wouldn't see like certain shops like outside of like the downtown Brooklyn area or like Manhattan or whatever. How, yeah. how long in like in your memory has like downtown Brooklyn been a thing? Like, has it always kind of been like a little popping area or was that? Yeah, it's always kind of downtown has always been like for sure commercial stuff, but I guess I noticed it more like. They had opened um I don't know if you know Atlantic Term like Atlantic Term was always there but they did a renovation where they opened that mall there um it's like call it basically we call it Atlantic Mall but it's like you know it's got Applebee's it's just you know we just started seeing more commerce there that was even way before the Barclays and it was just like it was always downtown Brooklyn was always like a commercial area but it definitely kicked off like now like that area is like is unidentifiable as Brooklyn it's like very much like new high rises going up um. Uh, things of that nature like you but you still see a mix of our people but it's like because it's a shopping area you know what i mean like yeah and you go down to montague street where all like you know the nice residential buildings are like you you know like see our people there like i used to live in that area residential area where it was like a good mix i remember when i was young i was only like six like i think it was either five or six years old like i remember seeing like you know affluent or like decently well off like of our people just living there with like some white people but now it's like i have not seen it like my mom is from red hook so like i noticed like you know down there like yeah it's still like us like 
in the projects. But most part, like, you know, you see it everywhere. It's like South Brooklyn was always kind of like like that. But it was like even like the small pockets that we had of like decent like affluent neighborhoods, it was just kind of dwindled away. So I've definitely noticed that as well, you know. But to talk to your point about just like seeing more like commerce and stuff, it's just it's just all part of like the system that we live in, bro. It's just like it's more demand. They feel like, you know, they're going to get more dollars from their people. They're going to have nicer uh, infrastructure, nicer things when like they raise up the property value. So it's like, I understand both aspects of it. So, but it still is. Yeah. But it's an interesting topic about just how, like, you know, what I always talk about, even when I'm at, out there teaching, is just like, they, like, our people are like the highest consumers. Like, mm -hmm. like so-called black dollar is like, well known to be like, our money just goes out quick. Like within seconds of us getting money, it's like, it's out to like, not, it doesn't stay in the community. I know I mean, you might've seen like. Yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with this. Like, uh, I think it's, um, I, I think it was like out of a hundred dollars, uh, $95 would go outside of the black community the black or something community, like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then just like, and even different other stories about like how fast that dollar leaves the hand of the black community. And you know, you I kind of always like when that study came out, it was always like, okay, that's interesting because you see it, you know, like in the sense of like you see like an uh, Indian person in an Indian community, like they go into them for their supermarket, they go into them to their restaurants, they go in there. Like what us is like, you don't see it as much as like we hitting up the McDonald's, we hitting up, you know, the chicken spot over here. Like it's so it was it made sense, but uh, so you know, we it's interesting to see like they they're definitely like coming to the community who are. We are at, and it's like the money is going to get distributed there too. They know that we are going to give their, our money to them as well, but it's just interesting like that spike to like, oh, okay, now we're going to open the Whole Foods because the demographics are changing, you know? So, yeah. And I, you know, it, it's to me though, like as of recent, I've, I've been seeing like little um stats come out here and there, like and they talk about like who are like the, the biggest like, income groups in America. And then like the Indians were number one. And it was like black people was last at 10. And then but the white people weren't too far behind. You got it. It was just the Hispanics ahead of the white people. Yeah. And then it's mo mainly the Asian groups. So it's just all types of Asians like Chinese, Taiwanese, Pakistani, India. But the Indians were number one. You got it. Oh, I so it's you. just so I, um, I just see like now it's, it's just probably more of a cultural thing like and um, like societal norms like. Uh, emphasizing on education and shit like that and working for yourself and shit like that. You get it? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it's a fact. But nah, definitely, I definitely agree like, with you. Like, the the power of the black dollar is a big contributing factor. And it makes sense why um everybody goes after it. Like, everybody goes after the black community, either for the influence or just to be the consumers. Right. That's and. If you don't mind, I would love to get a scripture on that because, you know, that's something that we talk oh, about. Oh, yes, definitely. Constantly, like when we're out there, we're talking, it's just, you know, when you learn, when you read the Bible, it's, we tell, you know, we, we try to inform people that it's a cultural book that was written by a group of people for them and by them, right? And with influence from their God, right? So uh, you, you notice the story about, you know, uh, Moses and the Red Sea. If you know about Egypt, like the Israelites left Egypt. They're going into their land and God gives them the 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 rundown, like, okay, how things are going to be like, you're going to do this, that, and the third. And if you don't do it, 
uh, I'm going to do certain things to you that you're not going to like, basically, right? So, like, just to quickly simplify it. So, uh, quickly, I'm just going to hit it. This is the book of Deuteronomy 28 and verse 1, right? And it says, and it shall come to pass that thou shalt hearken. So, if you listen diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, right? So, you read Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 15. 1, 1 through 15 is telling you all the blessings that God will give you if you just do what he says, right? And then when you read past 15, it says everything, if you don't listen, I'm going to do these, what they call curses to you, right? And so one of the curses, the reason why I'm bringing it up real quick, is that other nations are going to get above you very high, right? Uh, let me just pull that real quick. So that's why, you know, we talk about it because it's like we see it living out in our day-to-day -day lives, right? Like, you, we can just talk about it, like, you know, just, just shooting the shit about how, like, oh, wow, it's like the black dollar is big, but it's like everybody comes after, like you said, but it's it's because God already prophesied that that would happen for our disobedience, right? So uh, this this is it, right? Uh, let's see if I can pull it real quick. Yeah, this is Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 43. And it says, the stranger that is within thee shall. So the same chapter, Deuteronomy 28, this is verse 43. So the stranger that is within thee shall get above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. Verse 44, he shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. So what I always ask people is like, okay, so we've been in this place for either like for the last 500 years. Like your people, like you've been here, you're indigenous to this place. You know what I'm saying? Like you've been here before they even came here. And like we've built this place. And it's like, how is it that you said the Indian or the Asian can now come here. That's the stranger, because you're more of a home person to this land than that Indian immigrant that came here like two generations ago, right? But somehow they can open their business in your neighborhood. They, you know, they can open a chino spot in, right in your neighborhood, and are people going to go there? It's because curses like that in the Bible tell you that the stranger is going to come within your community and it's going to get above you very high, and you're going to come down very low. So that's just plays into the effect of how we even get in this situation is because of our disobedience and you see it look like the curses play out in our day to day. So that's why I just wanted to hit that point real quick. But I, I, I when you hit it, when you said that, I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, like, live the book, bro. It's like, it, it is what it is. Like, if you live the book, it's, it tells you what's going to happen and you just even say without us even knowing that it's in the book. Like, oh. Yeah. Are people going to get come after our dollar? You know, it's just the book playing out for itself. Yeah, definitely. Um, Real quick, you took you said uh you were, you were, when you referred to um the out the outsider strangers coming into our into the land or whatever, and you said that the people that were being taken care of, I mean that were not taken care of, sorry, but um basically the, that that was taken yeah yeah the Israelites the people that's taken being taken advantage of, uh right. you said that this is their land. Do you? mean just because we've been here longer or are you off yeah this one is something we've been here longer this is not our okay. original land but it's like you know the so-called okay. dominican the so-called native american the so-called mexican like this was their land before it was taken by somebody else right and the so-called after like the those people that came off the boats and slavery to help build this nation like it's just interesting like you know you see that in the ados movement and certain of those aspects it's like mm -hmm. we built this country but somehow the wealth isn't accumulating it's not like it's getting better it's like we're still projected to be like you said the lowest income communities in in the place that we built you know what i'm saying yeah. so that's why in that aspect
Yeah, because you know, I was just trying to clarify that you weren't meaning like, because I I know that you don't you're not the, of the well, I don't want to speak for you, but last time we spoke on this, you said that you weren't of the belief of uh, so well, or you, I don't want to speak for, but that basically that you're not all the way there with the idea of uh black like black Native American type of thing, and that right, like well, the, the Aboriginal theory and all that type of stuff. We well, gotta you gotta enlighten me more on that Aboriginal theory because what we teach is that. Again, the 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 so called blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans are the Israelites, right? And we're yes. all the same people, just with varying shades, but we are the same people, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, when you read in the book, uh, in Second Ezra, it tells you about how uh, the you know you want a little more history about the Israelites. You know that there's a split between yeah, the twelve the, tribes, right? The twelve tribes, right? And now ten of those tribes get basically sent away into a captivity known as the Assyrian captivity, right? A group, the group of Assyrians, like the modern day Syrians, right? Yeah. Or to some, to some effect, those people, right? Mm -hmm. And they wind up believing, the book tells you that they wind up believing and going to a place called Arsarif where no man dwelt, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how we will show people that, that the 10 lost tribes that, you know, you look into like the information about biblical historicity and things of that nature, like that's a common thing, like who are the 10 lost tribes, right? Because they get split, they go into captivity, into the Assyrian captivity, and then nobody can find them anymore. It's because those people came over here on boats to the Americas and they yeah. have this place that nobody met, like dwelt before. They were the first yeah. inhabitants, right? So that's kind of why I would say that yes, the the our So you do yeah, no, it, so you are part of that, but you not necessarily that this is the the old world. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, no. Well, you will need more evidence if anything to to... You could bring something that says that, but I, I wouldn't see it happening because mm -hmm. you you when you look into the the some of those records of Christopher Columbus and his uh, Hebrew uh, orators, they tell you that these people will tell you like you know I remember when I was growing up, it was always a mystery to me because I would always hear in school this the information that I was given was oh you know the Native Americans came over here through the Bering Strait and they walked across Alaska. Yeah, the land bridge, yeah. Right, and you know, and, that, and that's old old information that now has come to light. You look at more recent papers, like they they kind of refute that argument anymore, right? So the Bible tells you one thing and like it's like the some scientists will try to tell you one thing, but the Bible tells you that there's a group of people that came to a land and no man dwelt and the place, place was called Arsarith, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the Americas as we know today. That's like the 10 the ten. I've never heard that name yet. Like, yeah, I'm, Arthur, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna do some research on that. Do some research on that, and you'll learn that through. I gotta, I gotta, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but Christopher Columbus, he brought a Hebrew interpreter with him mm -hmm. over here to the Americas. What yeah, I, yeah. I, I asked you was, why would he do that? Because they already had the assumption that these people yes. had, like, because they, they're dwelling in Europe. They don't see the Ten Lost Tribes. They have to think that, okay, they gotta be somewhere else. So they go to a land that nobody really has gone to. And they bring this Hebrew interpreter. And in some, in. Uh, in some, in some tellings of this story, that that Hebrew, even though sometimes the term is kind of interchangeable, but it's like the the it was a more, and sometimes like he had a more with him because then like there's also that angle of the Moorish tribes. Right. But then well, the thing about more is that mm -hmm. you know what we we talk about is that the more was kind of like a blanket term. In the same context as a day, just saying like black, I black, know, right? So yeah, I know like that. A more could be uh Arab man. A more can mm -hmm. be, and uh, uh okay, but yeah. who's in North? Who's in North Africa, right? Or 
or or an Israelite, right? So it's like we don't teach that all black people are Israelites. So it's like, yes, Moors could have been a collection of anybody who was dark hued. So that's but I but I I'm I'm following what you're saying though, bro. Oh yeah, definitely. No, we're definitely on the same page. But yeah, I'm I'm familiar with all those stories and stuff like that. But also like what um what made me because what made me start believing some of that um like some of that uh those theories of like oh this might be the old world is because like certain evidence was with like um like camels originating in America and like uh because they come from like the not was it camels? Sorry, hold on, I don't want to misspeak. But is I I believe the camel does come from the the alpaca type of thing like they're part of the same genus and like lions originated in America and um Why don't we see why don't we see lions here though? I'm confused. We still have lions. We have mountain lions though, but like the bigger ones, they're you know they moved on. Okay, I got And then you. and then All in the lower and in South America they have the jaguars and all that. right. Right, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but you know, some or one Well, one. also horses, horses. That was the main one. Horses. Yeah, I think that's the one I was gonna say. Is like Yeah. I remember some people saying that the horses originated from. those places so another little tidbit of history that you can you know it's a bunch of history in the bible right and so when you learn it, like you read in the book of first kings it tells you about you know you learn about king david and king solomon he's one of the, some of the wisest men in all the, um, the israelite history and it talks about how when solomon was building this temple they had they went to these people called the philistines right uh, not to be confused with the palestinians of today but Those are the same people that occupy that land that they're in right now, right? And they, the what the Philistines were known for, they were a seafaring people. So they knew the seas very well. They would go back and forth, right? And so you learn about this voyage that took about three years to and back that the, the uh, Philistines would go to grab uh, gold, right? Mm-hmm. So you would, so the that's one of the cases that we can say that They like people knew that there's a place that was over here, right? A lot of archaeology will prove that that was kind of in Brazil where they landed. You can learn about how the fact that, like, we would have we have some documents that I can bring some links to, but uh, how the Aztecs and the Mayans they didn't really mess with the Olmecs, right? Because the Olmecs, what we would uh, argue, are those Hamitic or Philistine people who were those sea traders. They're a different breed. When you look at those Omec heads, they look like African heads, right? But those, those are Africans, but they're not like the same people as us, right? And they did not mesh with each other, the Omecs and the Aztecs, things of that nature, right? But that just showed you that there was a play, there was a back and forth between this land for certain resources back to what I would call the old world. They would come to this new world, Mm-hmm. Yeah. get the resources and come back. One last tidbit that you can look into. This is called the, I believe, the... They either call it the the cocaine uh, pharaoh or the cocaine sarcophagus, Oh where yes, I've seen that, yes, they yes. found that cocaine was found in the system of the pharaohs in Egypt. And one of the, some of the tombs are like either monk, they were either monks or they were some of the pharaohs, right, or the Yeah, high it was lords. a pharaoh, yeah. And the only thing that people, you know, so you know a little bit about this is how would those people get cocaine if cocaine is Originates only in found the South in America, South yeah. America, right? So there was definitely a back and forth. And marijuana, too. Okay, I didn't know about that, but possibly that Yeah. too. But that's the thing No, that is like, was found in the same spot. oh, okay. So it's Yeah. just like you know, you know, you start to click put these things together. It's like there was some travel between this old Yeah. world, whatever you want to believe is the old world and the new world. There was some back and forth between it. So it could be that 
you know, horses would have brought, brought over here or they weren't brought over here. But I know that that whole idea of the cocaine being in a pharaoh's, uh, found traces of cocaine in that pharaoh's body when you can only find cocaine in the regions of South America. Yeah, but there's but plenty of stories of like during, going back centuries of like different cultures coming to the Americas, like the Vikings, the, like before the, right. the specific yeah. Euros. You get know, like the the main storyline that they want us to follow, like right, the exactly. Euro, the Eurocentric history. You get it. Yeah, so it's like the Africans, and then there was one I forget. I'm, the name is blanking on me, but um, the so allegedly the predecessor of Maza Musa had took about ten thousand men in ship and went east. I mean, went west. Sorry, to mm -hmm. to a different land and never came back. You get it? And that was a story from back in the day. So it's just like. Is there's you know there's little bits of history here and there of like people coming to America before the, um, before the Europeans came over, and uh, another yeah. another um like little story that I like to bring up sometimes is um mm. there's a story about uh some people are doing the the cartography is it cartography I, the I always forget that the map he basically doing the maps of Australia right and there were okay. two English Englishmen and. This is like their first time in Australia. No, the English haven't come to Australia yet. And they're okay. doing the maps. They get lost. They run into a bushman. The bushman starts talking to them in, in English. And they're like, they're confused. They're like, yeah, what the fuck? How the hell you know English? And then he's just like, oh, no, nah, I travel to Taiwan all the time to do trade. And it's like, just because this land was uh, unknown to you doesn't mean like these people haven't been moving around okay. this whole time. You get it? Exactly. People move around, bro. That's the thing. Like, we're nomadic, like the human race is a nomadic group so it's like people move around it's not like everybody stayed in the same place forever from the beginning of the time it's people whose land was originally their land they moved on they made it they took a new land like it's just how things work so it's i definitely would agree with that bro it's you know i think though the what the european uh you know way of thinking is that they are the predominant race that are so smart and they know everything. And so the history that they have to tell people is like, oh, we conquered this or we found this and we did that. But it's like when you look a little deeper, you find out that they didn't actually, you know. So I, I agree yeah. with that. You know, people never really talk about the history of, you know, the Silk Road and uh, and mm -hmm. the so-called Chinese man, like, you know, what he was doing in that area. Right. So it's like, obviously, you know, you learn about what they either call the Orient. And it was really just when you look at the word Orient, it's just like. The land basically of the east right so it's like and it's like the east of where the europeans dwelt so they put a label on that and it's just like they don't know much about what was going on in the east because obviously they didn't conquer that land at that time so it's yeah it's so much history about i'm sure about the different travels between the asian groups and uh what we would call japhetic groups uh between those islands and things of that nature for sure so you know we definitely can't just take the the white man's uh idea of history face value no yeah definitely and then i also feel like you also gotta kind of take like different um like look into everything and then try to find your own correlation then just make it make sense for you and your brain yeah but i will the only thing i only push back i would say to that is that i i am from the understanding that there is really only one truth like everybody says that you know they have their own their own truth but it really sometimes can only be one truth and so it's like what is that true? People might have their stories or, you know, and give credence to certain, you know, stories of what happened in history, but obviously you got to do your due diligence to search that out and see the best you can. But uh, I can't say that if I, you know, 
that the sky is blue and somebody says the sky is purple, you can't just be like, okay, we can disagree that, you know, you got to find your truth. It's like, it's there's certain like immutable facts that, you know, have to be kind of agreed upon to some degree. You know what I'm saying? But I hear what you're saying. I hear where you're coming from with that as well. I think Nah, you yeah. should always look into things and see, you know, for themselves, if it resonates with their spirit, if, if it's true or not, you know. Mm -hmm. Nah, yeah, definitely. So, um, so what are some of the, well, I feel like we're jumping all over the place, but we got into basically to nowadays, but, um, I feel like we can leave the past in the past. Cause, um, as far as like with this, the work that you do now, because I, I don't think we really got into it too much. As like with the, you know, with the preach, because would you consider you? You're not a preacher, but spreading the word, with you Right. work working out there, spreading the word. Like, um, what are some of like the craziest moments you've been through? Uh, just recently, uh, you know, it happens where people. It was one time I was in Times Square. That was the first, and that was when I first joined my group that I'm in. Right, we was out there in Times Square. We we were out there every Thursday for the most part, um, just teaching on on Forty Seventh Street around there, Times Square. Right, and. I one brother was on the on the mic, you know, just talking, and he tried to call a brother over. He was with his girl, and he came over for a second, and they a little quick little argument. Like he didn't, it, we didn't even argue with him. It was just more like he didn't like what was being said, you know. What we wind up doing a lot of times is like we'll talk to people, but we don't like just let you just say that you know. No, you can say whatever you want, but it's just like. We're going to, what we call, rebuke you if it's like you're not walking in accordance with what we believe that God has destined for our people, right? Yeah. So in a lot of times when that happens, people, there's people's spirits get riled up and they want to, sometimes they get aggressive. So that was the first time that a brother got aggressive with us that I saw where it was like, nothing happened, but it was like he was, he was pacing back and forth. And now I'm
You think if we just rah 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 yo 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 on the podium, and there's, and there's different factions too. There's different factions, exactly. So like we, so like we'll do, we'll we have like that kind of traditional camp that's kind of like you know, abrasive. Huh? One time. I said you. That's a a camp that's kind of abrasive. You would call it abrasive, but I was just I wouldn't call it. I would say that I would say more like traditional in the sense of like you know we just have standards. We have two readers and there's a speaker with a loud with a microphone, right? That's like the traditional camp that like oh okay people, right and then what we wind up doing I never noticed on... that yes sorry I'm cutting you up but I did I never noticed that there is usually two people on each side with uh two Bibles open right. and then the speaker in the middle yes yeah so that's like the traditional thing that you'll see any type of Israelite camp do no matter what group they are right but you know what we do is we'll also go we just try to end up like do different things so we're just to reach the people so. We out there when uh, on a Saturday night we were just hanging out trying to talk to our people, and this one instance where we noticed this girl a couple times. We were trying to talk to this Muslim brother, mm -hmm. uh, just talking to him about the word. You know, because listen, we we deal with both. Like we'll go into the Quran and we, I gotta know the Quran to refute the Quran. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't just say, oh no, the Quran's wrong. I gotta know what Surah and Ayah to go to to prove to you that you should be following this book and not that book. You know what I'm saying? So that so we were talking to this Muslim brother. And he's got this girl that we would call a heathen. Like, I think she was, like, Moroccan or something on that nature, right? We would call her Ishmaelite. She was, like, just being unruly, real rude. Why, why, why would you guys call her that? Just because of where she's from? Or because of her actions or her behavior? Like, her lifestyle? Like a heathen? You mean yeah. a heathen? Well, in the Bible, anybody who is not of our nation would be a heathen, right? So it's, like... It's just more about yeah who you are, right? So like it's different nations of people. So what, what I thought that was a goyim, not a yeah, goyim. Goy, yeah, you can say goy, goyim, uh, heathen, a all, gentile, gentile. So like the thing is like what gets misconstrued is that gen, goy is like the Hebrew word, right? Mm -hmm. Goyim in the paleo is the, is the nations, right? Um, and that just means the other so like the goy people, the people that aren't part of your tribe, right? Who are another of another nation, right? Or yes. you could say the stranger, or you could say it's different aspects of it, depending on the context is, is what it means, right? But heathen okay. just means like kind of like somebody of another nation that's especially like if you're trying to not be nice about it, it's like, okay, yeah, she was unruly and she's not of our people. So it's like, she's a heathen. So it's not like somebody who I, we even try to uh, edify or talk to, right? You know what I'm saying? So, but he was with her. So we're talking to him and, you know, listen, man, we, we I ain't gonna hold And you, he man. was a, 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 a so-called black man. Like, he's a, yeah, okay, he's yeah. a black man, right? So we're talking to him, we're trying to build with him. We come and we bring our scriptures both in the Bible. We bring our sorrows and ayahs. And I thought the conversation was going good and all, but the girl was just like, what winds up happening a lot is like, it's like we, all, we always believe that things are spiritual. So it's like, we don't be thinking that we're deal dealing with the carnal man. We're dealing with spirits. The and so. spirits of the Satan's yeah. That's what I was going to add to earlier when you were talking about how when people get like so enraged what, just by the words of the scripture and stuff like that. I feel like sometimes like, you got to attribute that to actual demons. Like, like, are yeah. you possessed right now? Like, are you fighting back? Like, that's how it looks in the movies. That's how it looks in the movies. And that's what, like, we, we know that our, the weapons are our warfare are not carnal, the Bible says, but spiritual, right? So we're like, we fight a spiritual battle every day with people. So it is about spirits, bro. It's just like, we try to give the word of God. His spirit is like, like weaved throughout the word, right? Through his word. And that spirit is what's hitting people. And your spirit, and it's like, depending on how you deal with it, it's just like, if you have certain demons on you, if you don't have certain demons on you, right? So the the guy was like, he was he was trying to talk to us, and he we could see we was getting somewhere with the brother, but the 
the girl was just like not with us. She was trying to line us. Like, bro, she was she was lying on us. She was saying crazy shit. So I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. We 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 started going out there a couple like every other week, basically. Going to New Brunswick out there in Rutgers, Jersey. We out there. We wind up not seeing the brother again the next week after we talked to him. We had our dialogue. He wasn't really feeling it. We went our separate ways, you know. But then the next week we saw the girl. She sees us out there. And now she's like badgering us and she's doing all this stuff and she's making jokes and all this stuff. And that's cool. That's whatever. But what wound up happening was one of the brothers that we was with, we're just out there talking. Like not like I said, not standard camp. We just it's like three, four of us deep. We just out there just talking to random people. We all doing our own thing. Just talking to people about the Bible. She winds up, that same girl from the previous week, she comes out and she like literally calls the cops on Brody, one of the bros, brothers, and was like, he hit me and he pushed me, he mushed me in the face. Some crazy false accusation, false witness, right? And the cops come, they had to take a statement. He was like, oh yeah, we got to take a statement because she said it. You know, we know it's not true. There's literally mad cameras right here in this corner store. So they got the camera footage, all this stuff. We know she's lying. But it was just like she was really trying to line my man up. Like, I don't like I don't, just because, like, you know, she's she don't like us. And I get yeah. it. Like, we don't like her either for the most part. But it's it was interesting. Like, we would never, like, go. I'm never going to go and lie on a white man and do a false witness on just because I don't like him. It's like, that's not what we do. So I'm saying. So it was just interesting to see that that's how she decided to take that step and go that approach. So it was it was crazy. Like, the cops came. We dealt with them and we dealt with them and. You know, they went there a separate way. My man didn't have to go to no jail, nothing like that. He was just, he was, he was fine. But funny yeah. enough, man, this is the way it's comes spiritual. Is like literally within like the cops leave. This is where the story get kind of look crazy. Cops leave. We still doing our thing. We not bothered by her. She's still lingering around in this group of kids, right? Of, of like the college kids, and fight breaks out in the pizza shop. That's right there where we kind of where we at. There's a, a brother. He's fighting this dude. His nose is bloody. Dude winds up running off. He comes out the the pizza shop and he's upset. And one of his girls is trying to console him. She's like, "Nah, yeah. fuck all that. Get out of my face, right?" And then the girl that was that put the false report on us, she just walks by the nigga, right? And the nigga just like straight up mushes her in the face, falls on the ground right before our feet, bro. Like so that and that was like for real. We was just like praise God because the thing is is like. What we feel is like the, our God fights our battles for us, bro. So, so that's right. Just make a false witness about us in two seconds. Our God don't play about us, bro. It's like out of nowhere now. Somebody put hands. Actually, actually really happened to you. Yeah, I ain't gotta touch you, bro. Something's gonna happen to you. You touching, you messing with God's uh, prophets, bro. It is what it is. So it it's stories like that that happen here and there, either with our people or people who are not our people. Like you know, they get upset with us. They try to fight us from time to time. You know, it just it is it's a part it's part for the course, bro. Part of the job description, but yeah, that's a couple of things that you know just happens here and there. Yeah. Can you um also tell me about? I remember you told me last time about uh, you you actually had uh this is like kind of like the thing that's always like talked about with you guys that you got you guys have the white people kiss your feet. Uh, you right. said that that's happened to you. You you told that me that's happened before. in our camp. Oh, a couple of times actually. You told me. Yeah, know. yeah, definitely. Uh, you, uh, it's not bringing that up we, to... we, if you want to elaborate on that a little bit more, yeah, no yeah. problem. So we don't like that's not the mission, right? So mm -hmm. what we wind up doing is uh, sometimes the things we'll, like we'll bring out certain scriptures to try to see if people will do it, right? We're not like yo, we gotta get down right now, kiss our feet. It's none of that, right? But we believe that it's become the guilt of these people that they feel like. Right, listen, we tell them like, listen, 
what you what you've done is wrong. And listen, if you want to get a lighter judgment in the next life, bow down, basically, right? And we'll, that's that's the the stance we take, right? We we kind of just fucking with them. We don't care if it happens or not, but it's just like it's just good for like YouTube and it's good for just shit like that. But like that's like say if like we're at camp and there's nobody like we're trying to talk to our people. But then, like some you know white man comes up and starts asking mad questions, and we just we'll, we'll we'll tell him his judgment, and then we'll just like we might hit a couple of scriptures about like you know you should bow down to us basically right so it's it happens but it's not like the main thing that we do bro it's not like a oh I gotta tell I gotta tell these people that uh I got you gotta come kiss my feet it's not like that bro but uh, I wanted to pull up one quick little precept mm -hmm. from the Bible. And so this is uh, Jeremiah chapter 28, verse 8, right? The prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence, right? So that's what we out there to do, right? So we're out there to edify our people, but we're also out there to put judgment on what we would call the other nations for what they have done and tell them what the judgment for what they've done is going to happen to them, right? So... From when we lead with that, it winds up being like, Oh, how can I like not how can I circumvent that judgment? And then we'll be like, Okay, you know what? Well, we basically will tell them, like, oh, if you kiss our feet, you might get a lesser judgment in the kingdom. Like, so we'll say shit like that. And it's just like, but that happens very rarely, right? It's like the main point that most camps are doing, like what they'll you see it is because those camps put it out on YouTube, but brothers is out there, you know, every day of the week doing the work, right? So it's like out of all the interactions, you might get one where we go crazy, like we'll go crazy and start like yelling on like a heathen or go, wait, wait, come in, kiss my yeah. feet. It's like if they come up and just on our spirit to do that, we'll do it. But the main point is really just to wake up our people to keep the laws of God, right? So like Yeah, yeah it's not uh it happens, but it's not the main thing. Exactly. Yeah, I get it. I get it, okay. I'll okay, answer the question. No, yeah, I get it. It's just it's not a main thing, but that's part of it's it's become a, at some point in time, it became a thing. And when it pops up in the conversation, it's like, hey, yeah, let's do it. Right, exactly. To some degree, right? It's like you see it on YouTube because they post it on YouTube. But if you were coming to the camp every week, that happens maybe, I would say from my camp experience, it happens maybe twice a year. Maybe, maybe like, what was one last year? It happened a couple more times, but maybe like, two to three times a year, bro. It's not like the main thing, bro. It's like, we don't be asking like that. And if they and we ask and they do it, then we're like, all right, we're going to put this on YouTube for sure to get laughs about it to the people, right? Yeah. Because we want people to see like, you know, what the, how would I say this, right? So how things have been happening for the last 500 years, right? Is that the white man has had, you probably heard about it in school. It's called the Renaissance, right? Mm -hmm. What does Renaissance mean? It's just a French word that means rebirth right the white man used to be in power during the greeks and the romans they got out of power for a couple thousand for like a thousand years and then when the renaissance happened that's when you see them take back over the world right and from that point it's always been like they forced people to kind of bow down to their way to believe that they're superior not even i always covertly or overt it's not always overt but it can be covert at times too and so to the extent that our people still think of these people as either better than them, right? When we will teach that they're not better than you, right? So it's just we use it and we use it as a tool to show people that no, you're you're supposed to be above these people in every way, right? And 
this just to get them to understand that maybe to see it when you see it we're like visual our people are visual people so when you see that you're like oh shit, let me see what these brothers are talking about because they're getting some white men to bow down to them right so it's just like that is just another tool to try to bring our people in bro it ain't and some people they're offended by it some of our people are like oh you got that white man bowing down to you and some people they listen it's like oh wow that's that's fire i want to see and acquire more so bro it's just a tool bro but it's not like a main staple of like oh we got to get white people, people to bow down to us right now it's not it's not, not the, yeah so i got a couple more questions so one of the main things i had to ask is like what are the you know and this is all obviously things that i could just fucking google myself but uh yeah. what are the origins or who was the or originator of the the movement in general in the United States. So in, in general, like did this did this originate somewhere else and come over here? Like I don't know. You got it? Like let me know. Okay. So I will to answer that question, most people will say, and even people who are, are opponents of of the Hebrew Israelites, the main person that winds up coming up the topic is the the elder uh elder Bivens, right? You know, people will call him Abba Bivens. We trying to stay away from that because uh Christ tells us to call no man father, right? Abba means father in Hebrew. So we don't call him Abba Bivens. We'll call him Elder Bivens, uh, things of that nature. But he was kind of the one that kind of uh, like mixed up because like you learn a little bit about the history is like the commandment keepers. And there's a couple other brothers that were doing, like practicing like basically like black Judaism, like yeah. learn from the rabbis of those people of like the European Jewish man mm -hmm. and then just trying to amalgamate it and like take it for themselves because that's, they saw it as their culture, right? Abba business is like the one who kind of said like, oh no, we should be practicing the, the rabbinical Judaism because that's not uh, what the Bible really teaches, right? It's like when you get more into it, it's like, you know, Judaism is and, like- the and, and just, um, sorry, real quick, what's around what, what time is this? Around what time is it? This is, I believe most people would date this to like, I want to say like the, like it started happening in the 40s with the commandment keepers. It really, I think it's in like the 69 or something like that of like in the 70s about basically, right? Where this kind of okay. starts to kick off. I don't have the exact date right now. I got to go check my notes somewhere. But it's around that time that where you see Abba Bivens really kind of, or Elder Bivens start to, uh, stray away from the commandment keepers where that was a group in the faction in Harlem that was kind of leaning more towards like the Jude, like the rabbinical Judaism and just kind mm -hmm. of putting their twist on it and calling themselves Israelites versus like, okay, now nah, we should reject rabbinical Judaism because that's not Torah. That's not like the Bible. Like when you learn more about like rabbinical Judaism is like, they believe it's something called the Talmud. And they believe that there's an oral transmission as law as well as the written transmission. And they sometimes put that oral transmission over the actual written transmission, which is the Torah, like the law and the prophets. So we don't practice rabbinical Judaism. If you could, like, we don't practice really any form of Judaism, but if you had to put it on it, a uh, staple on it, it would be more of a, what you would call a Karite Judaism, which is like strictly Torah and Tanakh, like the laws of God, like laws of Moses, those books and then the prophets and no oral transmission like the Talmud. So that's when you kind of saw that faction of like, okay, the commandment keepers were doing more rabbinical Judaism. Uh, Elder Bivens was more like, okay, nah, we're not doing that. We're going to kind of go this way. And then from there, birthed the One West movement that was on uh, One West 125th Street, right? So 
that was the start of it. Like we, most people, most Israelites would put it on Abba Bivens as, or like I said, Elder Bivens who uh, started the Hebrew yeah. Israelism, what people would call it. Okay. All right, Dan, that's interesting. I've never heard of Elder Bivens. Like that's if you look into it, that's the name that most people will attest to is Elder Bivens. Like you said, when you look it up online, it probably say Abba Bivens. Uh, I could send you a couple of. Yeah, he wrote a book as well that kind of will tell you kind of his thought process. It was a small little uh book. It's There's called uh, Marks. Yeah, it's called Marks of a Lost Race. I can send you a quick little PDF about it. It's, it's quick, but it's like a little history about why he did it when he when he was doing it. Like it's a little bit more attestation to what he was going through in his life at that time. So okay. Yeah, Abba Bivens, Elder Bivens. Oh, all right, nice, definitely, definitely. So, and then from there, how many? So, what what was his? Did he have a what? Did he have a specific church or group that he created? Oh, he was just kind of doing his own thing. Uh, he started. People started coming towards him. Like, well, to fast forward a little bit after Abba Bivens is like, then you started to see the people who learned from him. They create One West, right? So One West like becomes out of that. And that's what you see like that. It was always kind of started in Harlem, started in New York. And then like they created a school called the uh, uh, Israelite School of uh, Universal Practical Knowledge. I, I'm I'm blanking a little bit on the acronym, but it was basically the uh, Israelite School of Universal Practical Knowledge. Uh, and that was kind of the school on 125th. And we have elders that kind of about eight or so elders that came out of that. When that split up, and then they all kind of went and made their own camps, which you see today, right? So there's definitely factions in the Hebrew Israel uh, in the Hebrew Israelites, but it's more like started with Abba Bivens. You get from Abba Bivens, you get uh, one West. From one West, you have about eight uh, teachers who like they were together at one point doing the work in like the late '80s into the '90s. What winds up happening is. Uh, and again, I got to do more research on my and myself in terms of history. I know a little bit about it, but it's just like what winds up happening is like this 2K thing. Like when I talk to my elders about it, all these dudes, like they were focused on, oh, listen, Christ is coming back the year 2000 because they were mixing up Y2K and a couple other prophecies that are in the Bible to try to say that, oh, you're, listen, sell your houses, do this in the third. And there's a lot of things that were happening with those elders that was like, it caused a great faction and like people were asked out, out of their properties, out of their homes. So they believed these niggas that were saying like, oh, Christ is coming back to the year 2000, sell your house, sell your car, sell this and the third. And a lot of our brothers got effed up. And so there was a great split. The kind of thing kind of fizzled out, but the, a couple of the main teachers just went their own way. They started going west. They started going Midwest. They started going south. And that's how the camps kind of even grew more than that because those eight people who learned under one west or like the te of the the teach of the main teachers they branched out and made their own camps like my camp sakari like my like the leader of my camp his name is uh alazar they call him guerrilla hebrew he he comes out of a group called gms gms is a the main the main uh leader of gms is our brother uh elder apostle tahar Tahar was in the original One West school. So that's how like I would show it how the branch off happens. It's like these brothers who were in the One West and who didn't lose the, the faith from what happened with the Y2K thing, they split off, they become their own separate things, and then you have even more offshoots from there. Like the main Israelite camp that you hear about, they got to them brothers like 
they like they're the biggest camp, like the biggest group in all of the Israelites is the IYC. Like they like had the most members, right? Uh you learn about them. He the the brother that was that is over them, he again originally was uh teaching under like Tahar, if I'm not mistaken. And he split off and created his own camp and things of that nature. And you know, that's how you know just things happen. Like a split off, a split off from a split off from a split off. And then that's how you have the main kind of camps we have today, right? So And uh, do the camps necessarily have uh, not beef with each other, but what are the the differences? Like, why aren't you unified under one banner? Mm, that's a great question, bro. So they like we. It's been a lot better, bro. We 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 try to focus on unity more than anything now because we understand. Like I understand why it even happened that split. It's like brother, like some certain elders and like the leadership in that one west was doing probably some wicked shit, and a lot of brothers got turned off, and a lot of brothers like scattered and split. But it's like a bad thing, and the most high can change to a great thing because because of that split now. Instead of it just being a central point in Harlem, there's like a bunch of people everywhere, right? So the main One West doctrine was everybody was unified in many degrees, but now you see more splits. Like, certain, uh, but I will tell you off rip, bro, a lot of it is just ego and pride. Some brothers like left the camp, left certain camps because of they didn't like what leadership was doing. And it could have been like the leadership was just, they weren't doing anything against the law. They weren't doing any, any, telling you to do anything sinful, but because of man's pride, they just wanted to go their own separate ways. So, Like, but there is differences in, in us, right? So my group, we're one of the only groups that teach a lunar Shabbat. So today is, for me, would be like, you know how you learn in like churches, like, oh, Sunday is like the Lord's day. Mm Most -hmm. Israelites will reject that and say like, oh, no, that's the sun. Sunday is not the Lord's day, right? Mm -hmm. You like can go Saturday on. or something. Right. Most some like, you know, some like a lot of brothers will say Saturday is their Friday night into Saturday is their Sabbath. Uh, Hmm. my group and a few other and like a couple other groups, we teach a thing what is called a lunar uh, Sabbath. So we don't go based off of the white man's Gregorian calendar. When you Go look off into the lunar cycle. yeah, when you look into the Bible, it tells you that the moon is named after the month, right? And the, and the Bible tells you that a new moon is a start of a month. So the start of a month is the first day of the month. So anytime there's a new moon, that's the that's the uh, a Sabbath day. It's the first day, and then seven days later, you have another Sabbath day. Eight days later, seven days later, another Sabbath. Seven days later, another Sabbath until the new new moon comes in, and then you start the cycle all over again. But uh, other brothers, the main that what they teach is that oh, it's just Friday night to Saturday night. Like they have their reasons for believing that we have our reasons for believing that. So that's one difference that you as a big difference I would say. But we still obviously all keep the Sabbath and keep it holy. But you know that's one main thing that's like. Certain brothers get comfortable with, oh, a Friday night to Saturday Sabbath. And it's like, you know, I ain't going to hold you being in, on a lunar Sabbath. It's a little less, a little less convenient because it's like it could be on a Tuesday this month. And then, you know, it's on Tuesday this whole month. And then next month it's on Wednesday. And then it's on Thursday. You know what I'm saying? So it jumps around. So brothers with certain work schedules, it's like it's harder to do that. You know what I'm saying? But Yeah. other than that, that's that's one of the big ones. Uh, Bro, we really all teach the same thing. To, we got different understandings and certain prophecies and doctrines, uh, but it's not major. All of, all of us teach that you got to keep the laws of God, have faith in who the world calls Jes
that teach that what, what we would call a Negro only doctrine. So it's like they believe that the blacks like like they believe that it's just like the African-Americans, the Haitians, the Caribbean people, we're the Israelites. And they don't believe that the so-called Dominicans or the so-called uh, Puerto Ricans are uh, Israelites or the Native Americans are an Israelites. So that's like a big difference is the call like the Negro only Israelites. So they just believe that if you're on black, then you're an Israelite. If you're so-called Hispanic, you're not an Israelite. So, but that's a little more fewer and far between, but there are a few of them out there. So, um, but yeah, that's another big one. But I mean, it's the it's more complex with Latino groups because uh, some Latinos are actually just white. Like not Yeah. all of them are, you know, mixed with black or mainly African. You get it like Uh, most let me pull of up them. quick. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, bro. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So I'm going to quick, quick little precept in the Bible. So this is how the Israelites saw. This is a very touchy subject for some people because what most, like what we, what the Bible teaches, I'm not going to say what we teach, the Bible teaches is in a patriarchal lineage, meaning you come from who Your your father, father yes. So if So I'm going to quick, I'll read it quickly real quick, right? This is Numbers Mm -hmm. chapter 1 and verse 18. And they assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second month, and they declared their pedigrees, so like their lineage and their history, or they have to go, I'm trying to remember again, read that again, uh, start from the top again, and they, numbers 1 and 18, and they assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second month, and they declared their pedigrees after the families by the house of their fathers, right? So that's numbers 1 and 18, and so When your number in Israel, they're saying you're going to separate and sort people by their fathers. And you see countless times in the Bible where it's based off of who your father is. Your father is an Israelite from any of the 12 tribes. And he say he gets with a um, an so-called Asian woman today. That kid is an Israelite because the father is an Israelite, right? The, the man holds the seed, right? We, we consider that the woman, the woman is the soil, right? You plant an apple seed in South America. Plant one in China, they might have different characteristics because of climate and stuff like that, but they're still in the end an apple tree, right? They're still Mm -hmm. yeah an apple. but don't uh don't the 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 white uh jewish people actually believe the opposite They believe the opposite. that's yeah why you know we believe, but they get that from what the Talmud. They get that from rabbinical Judaism, right? So okay it's, it's countless times where why is your oral tradition, which is the Talmud, contradicting? the bible like the torah which is considered the word of god right what god gave to moses to do you're going to tell me that what a rabbi said is over overcomes what god said right so that's a big issue with what why there's a lot of contradictions in what uh orthodox judaism or rabbinical judaism teaches versus what the actual torah teaches so yeah so yeah i yes that is exactly what happened they believe in a matrilineal for some reason But the Bible, I just read it for you. They they just they assemble their houses based off their father. It's not off of your mother, right? So that's kind of how it's always been. So to get back on the point of like the Latino, so yes, I agree. It, it can be a lot that are mingled with so-called Spaniards, and they're not, right? But for those who are, you can trace back to like your 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 patrilineal, like you're an indigenous person of the Americas, right? So-called, you would be an Israelite. By and large, right? So that's kind of the difference between the Negro onlys and the Hispanic. And one last tip is that 
they found over like 2,000 Hebrew artifacts on the island of Puerto Rico. How the hell is that? How the hell is that a thing if they're not Israelites? You know what I'm saying? Like, or they're not at least Hebrew, if you want to believe that. Like, because Hebrew is just a language, and there was many people who spoke Hebrew, right? But it's countless little tidbits and uh things that you can look into. Um uh I mean, chief. is it Mexico? Is it Mexico a Hebrew word? Doesn't it come from like Mexico? Uh I'm not sure what the exact etymology. Well, well, I we would say the of the Azteca, word. well, the, the original, like again, like They have the name Mexico now, but they were the... But it's Aztec. like Mexica. It was Mexica, too, also. Okay. I got to look more into that. But I think I've heard that before, but I know because, what we... And were... that's related to Moscow. Like, because you know how Moscow? Moscow is a Jewish name, too. Oh, gotta... Moscow. Oh, I, oh Moscow, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. What I would say is, like, Aztec, we, we would say that there's a there's a connection to the Hebrew with that, to a word, uh, Aztecan, which means, hmm. like, time, basically. And when you look into the Bible... Uh, the we would we would we would classify the so-called Mexicans as the tribe of Issachar. You learn in the Bible that the the people of Issachar, the tribe of Issachar, were good with telling the stars and the times. Obviously, the Mayan and the Aztec calendars, like that's yeah, it's their blessing. Like when you read in the uh, you read in Deuteronomy thirty, I believe in Deuteronomy thirty three, and you read in uh, Genesis forty five, you learn about these certain blessings. That are going to be on each tribe in the last days or just in general right so like it happens with moses telling us certain like things are going to happen to us in the last days in deuteronomy and in genesis after our forefather jacob is dying he's telling all of the tribes like hey this is your blessings or what you would be known for like as well in the last days so like those are different we can mix the the prophecy of the bible with the archaeology and the history to come to these circum these uh understandings that certain groups are the indeed the uh ten lost tribes or the tribes of Israel, right? So yeah. Yeah. But we strip we are we are we like we're strict one west in that sense of like it's so called blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans are by and large the Israelites, not just like Caribbeans or African Americans. Yeah. Okay, now yeah, that's what's up. Um, a couple more questions I want to ask real quick because I'm running out of time. My battery's actually. He says like an hour, right? Yeah, I hear. What yeah. So, uh, so just real quick, um, so what? It, so the goal basically is to well, what is the goal to educate? It, but what else? Or is it just to educate? Well, and then the other question I have, just to get it out the way, real yeah. quick, is um, do you think that the that the like the black Israelites could one day have like the power that the ADO has like in America. Those are great questions, bro. So the main first one is shout out to my boy beloved. He these was his questions. Well, praises. Shout out to beloved. So first question was in the sense of what is the the purpose of the Israelites? Right? Yes. The or the goal. The goal, right? So the goal is I think a lot of people get this misconstrued is like what people are you know, we, we see different groups of people, of our people in different organizations. They're doing what? They're like, you, you would call it maybe the conscious community. And we're like, that's a very blanket statement. And we would be put in that statement, in that, under that blanket and under that umbrella. But what all of them have in common is that they understand the plights and the, the destruction of our people. And they want to get us back to some better state, right? Israelites are a little different because we don't believe that this is. Uh, where we need to be. So let me call uh, a quick little precept. Uh, okay. This is Revelation. 
Yeah. Okay, no, this is the book of Micah, chapter 2 and verse 10. So it says, Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest, because it is polluted. It shall destroy you, even with a sore destruction. So, we, you know, we don't have that much time, but to get into it real quick, is like when you look read the book of Revelation, it's like this place, America, is considered the whore or is considered the daughter of Babylon or mystery Babylon. You learn about that in the book of Revelation. And and not to get too crazy, which I don't like to put too much on you, but this place is prophesied to be destroyed, right? Yeah. When, like, from our understanding is like we are the Israelites and we were brought here. Like, like we'll go back in the Deuteronomy 28. We were brought here as a punishment. You read it in the book. I think I might have hit that point last time I was on here. Book of yeah. Deuteronomy 28, verse 68. You're going to go on ships and be sold to your enemies in a land you don't know, right? Uh, so this is the place that we were brought to, sold to our enemies in this land as a punishment. It's not a place for us to... We should, we should be reaping economically. We should have houses and businesses, but we have to, we want our people to understand that this place is not our rest. We will have to leave this place, and we will leave this place. It's not going to be... We're not going to like overcome, take America back, make America great again, or whatever the hell they, they're saying nowadays. It's we got to get oh, wait. There. So there's a pilgrimage. There is going to be a pilgrimage, yes, where the the elect of God, those who sigh and cry against the wickedness of this world that is of this place that's called Babylon in the Bible, America, mm -hmm. those are going to be saved out of America and taken back to their land, right? And that's, and that's when Christ comes into play. He is going to come get us out of this place and take us back there. But we're not going to like, we don't have to die and go up to the sky and all this stuff is going to be a physical thing where Christ the same. Like you read in the book of John, in the book of John, like, like the last chapter or in the, in the beginning of Acts where Christ goes back up into, into heaven and they say the same way that he went is the same way he's coming down. He went up mm -hmm. like, he went up in a cloud like on earth and he just rose into the air and the, and the angel said the same way that you saw him leave is the same way he's coming back so he's coming out of the cloud and he's going to come get his people before the destruction of this place so we're just trying to warn our people that hey if you want to get out of this place you got to get right with god you got to keep his commandments you got to have faith in the son and through that and through us getting it uh, i'm gonna put one more precept because this is very important uh just to show you that uh, this is how the bible sets it up where it's not going to be like a like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna just live here forever. It's more about God is waiting on us to get right before He uh comes and gets us, right? So let me pull this piece up real quick. Okay. So this is the book of let me see if I should start off. Yeah, okay. I got it's a little longer, but I'm gonna hit it real quick. This is the book of Revelation. Yeah, yeah, you, take, you can take your time. We got we got a little bit longer. I was able to plug my battery in. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So this is the book of Revelation, chapter seven and verse one. I'm gonna go to about verse four. Uh, and after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. So encompassed around the earth, holding the four winds of the earth. When you look into like certain prop certain priests will tell you that the winds of the earth can be considered as destructions or judgments, right? And it says, So for the four winds of the earth, that the winds should not blow on the earth nor on the sea, nor any tree. When you look into like Hebrew idiom, idioms or deep deep sayings of the Israelites, mm -hmm. seas, trees, and mountains are just another way of calling 
nations or peoples, right? The sea can be likened to people. The earth can be likened to people. Trees can be likened to people, right? So just read it on. Keep that in mind. Verse 2. And I saw another angel ascend from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was giving to hurt the earth and the sea. Verse 3. Saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I, last verse, verse 4. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And they were sealed a hundred and forty-four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Right. So this is just I bring this up to tell you that there's pro there's prophecy about the destruction of this place, things that are going to happen in the world, and the reason by like that you're starting to see things kick off. The reason why they're kicking off is because God is going to come back to judge this place for all the things that have done to me and you, our people. But the first thing that has to happen is. That angel told the four winds, don't hurt anything else. Don't go full destruction until the 144,000 are sealed. So we the, the the prophecy is that our people will be sealed, the 144,000 elect men and their families. And that's not just 144,000 people that's going to be saved. There's all, the Bible also talks about a one-third that's also going to be saved of our people, right? But the elect are the people who are going to rule with Christ in the next world. They have to be sealed before the judgment comes. So we're just trying to wake up what our mission statement is, and our goal is to wake up the elect, those 144,000 men who are going to sigh and cry about this place and want to not be American. They're going to want to not be Dominican. They're going to want to not be just African-American. They're going to want to be an Israelite again, right? When you learn about in the New Testament, there was a time where like the, the people who were living in Israel during crisis time, they were considered the Jews, and they looked down on... Now, in context, this is where things get tricky and a lot of Christians get mixed up. They were looking down on what they would call the Gentiles that were technically their people. They were Israelites, but they were they had taken on Gentile customs. They had become Gentiles. They had become Greeks. They had become Romans. They had become Philippians. They had become these places that they were scattered to, that the Bible prophesied they'd be scattered to. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, we were scattered to all the four corners of the earth. So before I became an Israelite, I was in times past a Gentile thinking like a Gentile, thinking like a nigga in America, in Brooklyn, thinking I can do this and then the third and not care about God's laws. I was in my mind a Gentile. But through waking up, you become an Israelite, you keep God's laws, you have faith in his son, you can be considered that elect. You can become sealed from the impending judgment that is coming to the world, right? So that's the main, like, point of what we're trying to teach in that aspect. So then the last point to kind of try to sum it all up about having the power of the ADL, we don't give a damn about the ADL. We don't want the power of the ADL. The power that is going to be given to us in the next life. This is, is a bigger, this is a bigger. Way like bigger. Like, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me pull this real quick. Yeah. Revelation chapter two. Right. Yeah, where could you uh, get, grab the actual like uh, scriptures of uh these uh movements because uh so so this is another is that another um difference between uh the rabbinical and you guys that they they, they don't they don't believe in jesus or follow his ways well you know i was you know because we didn't get to really touch on it about how what's going on with palestine and going on yeah the tunnels and things of that nature maybe next time but 
The difference is is that they believe the same. Like like, don't get it twisted. Like when you really ask the the Orthodox Jewish man, not like the people who got the curlies and the caps, they're considered more Orthodox. And I don't know if you mm -hmm. saw there's a video that went out of in Israel, like the IDF was literally beating them niggas up, beating them up, like oppressing them because mm -hmm. you learn about what the difference between Zionism, yeah, I know what Zionism, Orthodox is. Judaism is that the Orthodox Juda uh, Judaism is more on our side in the sense that what prophecy dictates about the children of Israel. They understand they're not that. supposed to make their home. They're not supposed to be there in that land because God is supposed to bring you back to that. And that's land. what you guys are talking about. Yes. Right. Okay. And so like what wound up happening, if you know history, what wound up happening in 1948, the Balfour Declaration. Yeah. It was not a God didn't come down. He didn't do his miraculous miracles that he said he would do to bring the children back to his land. It was a signage of a paper, a theft of a land of a theft of a land. And mm -hmm. then they died in that land, right? The, a man, a man, a man gave you them the ability to live in that land, right? And there was yeah. some hell and turmoil that's coming from there. So that's what rabbinical Judaism. They, they, the Orthodox Judaism knows that they should. They're supposed to be scattered throughout the earth because that's what the prophecies of the Bible tell you is that the children of Israel will be scattered in the last days. Last days meaning before the because they believe in the Messiah. They don't believe that who we call. Who the world calls Jesus Christ, who we call in the Paleo Hebrew Hamashiach Yahushai, they don't believe that he is that said prophet because they believe in the Old Testament, so called Old Testament. They know that there's a Messiah that's supposed to come and save them. They don't believe that that was Christ. It's stupid. They they don't know the Bible, right? So, and they're not the people of the book, so it don't matter. But yes, we're not supposed to be in Israel right now. We're supposed to be. Scattered, facing our punishment for our disobedience that we was dictated in the book of Deuteronomy, verse chapter twenty-eight. So I hope that answers your question. No, we're not the same in that sense. But, okay, so that 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 brings up another. Well, the, go ahead. Bro. Now you had you did I ask something else that you had to answer or no? No, you just talking about the, asking me like if I want the power of the ADL, and I was going to bring up this quick precept in Revelation two and twenty-seven, right? Okay, go ahead, yeah. Uh, this is I'm gonna start at verse 26. The book of Revelation, chapter 2 and verse 26. This is red letter. So this whole thing is like Christ speaking to John the Revelator, right? He's saying, and to he, this is the last book of the Bible. And he says, And to he that overcometh and keepeth my works until the end, to him will I give power over the nations, all the nations. Verse 20, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as received of my father. So Christ is going to be the eternal king in the new world, right? In this, and again, like a lot of people get mixed up because like we were just talking about old world and new world. And then we were just talking about geographical locale. But when you look into what this like this, like the, the manuscripts that we have of the of the New Testament were written in Greek, like we only have them in Greek, right? Oh, so is, is it the texture? That's the damn. I was just listening to something about that tetragrammaton or something like that. Oh, tetragrammaton is the is the four is is tetra meaning four uh, grammatical. Like so, it's like the four uh, characters that make up the Most High God's name. The Most High God's name is not Jehovah, is not Yahweh, it's Yahweh, right? Mm -hmm. Paleo Hebrew does not have any vowel points. That's a whole different topic, but. Uh, it's it's just the characters are said in a specific way, Yah, Ha, Wa, and Ha, right? Yahawa all together. That's mm -hmm. his name, that's Tetragrammaton, right? But the point that I was trying to make, I kind of uh, lost it a little bit, but 
I'm not that sorry about that. That's all good, but it was just to get back on what I was saying about the nations. It's like we're gonna rule over the nation. So the ADL, like I don't ADL can like stop certain people from getting money right now in this world. They can tell Kanye to shut the fuck up. They can do that, right? But they don't they're not gonna have the power to to destroy the nations. Oh, the point that I was gonna say is that Christ is coming back, he's gonna rule over the whole world. The, what the elect are gonna do is they're gonna rule with him. Like Like he's gonna be the head guy, and there's gonna be we're gonna be his governors basically to some degree, and we're gonna be ruling the world. Lord willing, I'm in that elect because nobody knows who's the elect, right? But for those 144,000, they will rule with Christ on the earth, right? So that's the whole point. It's like so, no, I, the Israelites do not want to have the same power as the ADL. They want to be able to rule all the nations, not just what's happening in America. Because somebody said something that they claimed anti-Semitic, right? That's not the power that we yeah. want. We want the power with Christ. So I hope that. Yeah, I, and and I feel like I, that's kind of why I kind of like glossed over because after like listening to the whole like uh, the whole vicious statement, which is the the eventual coming of Christ. Yeah. And you guys going to the promised land, but that that leads into my next question, which is, there is no idea where this land will actually be, right? No, no. It's where they, they're taking the land. It's where they, they're at right now, right? They're not supposed to be. That is the land. That is, like, I mean, if you're believing in that old world stuff, then yeah, you might say you don't know what the land is. But from my understanding, Israel is there based off of, like, certain history and archaeology that they found there. That is the land of Israel, right? Originally, it was called the land of Canaan. You learn about the little bit of the history of the Bible. It was it was the land of the Canaanites. They were doing wicked things. The Most High God told us to leave Egypt and go to that land and take it back, Right? Take all the people out of there, kill all the people, and have it be your land. So it was originally the land of Canaan. The Israelites came and took that land. That was the land that God gave them after they kicked the Canaanites out, right? So that's the land. Um, those people took that land now through the Balfour Declaration and other mechanisms, and they're there. And I don't, I'm still trying to figure out how they, so because that's the thing, when you find out about Zionism, like a lot of them aren't religious, they don't believe in God, they, a lot of them are atheists. One of the biggest gay parades is in Israel, in Tel Aviv. You know, the Bible that they say that they're the people of that book says that God's going to renew their heart and they won't be able to sin no more. According to the Bible, homosexuality is a sin. You can't, like, so it's just like you notice that they're just, they've taken on the customs of the Israelites and they claim to be them, but they're not really them. Like, based on prophecy, what God said would happen in those days, none of those prophecies have come to pass yet, right? So... No, those are not the real, that's the land, but those are not the people in the land. There's plenty of prophecies about how God said that those people will take the, the sons land. of Jeshua dwell in the tent of Shem, right? Well, the Lord, the, the Lord will dwell in the tent of Shem. So that just means that God, like after after Noah, his three sons, God basically, all through all the Bible, through all of the history of man, God has chosen a, a select group of people, right? It started with Adam and then Enoch and this person and that person you know you learn through through uh through genesis is that god said he's going to make a covenant with abraham abraham he had many sons you learn a little bit about ishmael who are the modern day arabs or modern, we just call them ishmaels but you would say most mostly predominantly the arabs today they they he comes from abraham as well what happens abraham has to send ishmael away and he keeps isaac he sends his mother away and he keeps Isaac. Isaac, it gets the promise of what God gave Abraham. Like, hey, Abraham, you're going to be great and your seed's going to be great. And then he passes that, that promise 
of being great from Abraham, not, not to Ishmael, but to Isaac. And then same thing happens again. Isaac has two sons. Uh, us, Jacob, and then Esau, which is the modern-day white man. The promise does not go to uh, the white man. It goes to Jacob. And from there, we've always held that, right? Jacob has 12 sons and one daughter, and those people are the children of Israel, and that's who the promises of that rulership forever and being God's people has always been with, right? So that's from since then, is that's always been who has been given to, and it's not going to be given to another people. So that I, I don't know if like if I answered your question properly, but yeah, that's I know you talked a little bit about it, but it's like, yeah, that's that's how it, it broke down. Abraham had the promise, it goes to Isaac, and Isaac gave that promise to Jacob, not Esau. So No, yeah, yeah, I got it, yeah. I know that um oh well, I'm familiar with this story and all that. Okay. Um well yeah, no. Um damn, so I mean I had a couple more questions, but we ran them out of time. Well, Something interesting that I noticed. Um, yeah, shoot, bro. Whatever questions, bro, I'll try to answer them as best as I can. Um, since we were talking about the ADL and stuff, it was right. it was interesting that they had um, pro like the last time I we did an interview, right? I looked at mm -hmm. uh, like I looked up the Black Hebrew Israelites, and then I saw like that they had you guys uh, as a as a terrorist group, right? Terrorist group, yeah. Yeah, but then uh, that that was the only thing there, right? But now, when I went to go back and look at it, then they had different definitions of like the black Hebrew, the black uh Hebrew Israelites is a terrorist group. But then they also said uh, not all black he black Jewish people are black Hebrew Israelites. And then mm -hmm. like they have more other shit like oh uh, not you gotta like and try to break it down like just because yeah. you're Jewish and black doesn't mean. But then it I found it funny because I I'm like I'm almost positive last time there was no acknowledgement on that exact page of right. that. Yeah, that's so, very interesting. I didn't know that. Wow. Um, yeah. Well, I think they're just playing semantics, bro. The answer, like, to really get into that, they're playing semantics because what winds up happening is like they'll say that, oh, you know, you can be Jewish. You know, what you'll hear a lot is that they're an ethno religion, which is to some degree true, right? But what they'll say is that you can just convert into being Jewish because you've taken on the tenets of Judaism, right? Mm -hmm. It's that's the and it's so interesting because it's the only thing that only nation of people that that can happen to. Like you have to realize that a Jew, the word Jew literally just means that you just you come from the land of Judea or that you are a Judite, right, or a descendant of the man named Judah who was a son of Jacob. Follow me, right? So, well, uh, what winds up, up happening is a split, right? I told you about the Israel, the split. Mm -hmm. Those ten, North, no, ten queens became the kingdom of Israel. The southern people were. Uh, Judah and Benjamin, they became the land of Judah, right? The 10 tribes get scattered away, Syria, off into Arsarif. We talked about that. It The kingdom of Judah stands, right? Until they're taken over by other, all the other groups of people. What winds up happening during the land, like the, the captivity and the rule of the Greeks and the Romans, they change the name to Judea, right? It's just the land of Judea. And then the, the terminology that came out of that is to be called a Jew. Because you live in the the people who inhabit the land of Judea, they're Jews. What the Jewish man has done is said that, oh, okay, well, we land we live in the land of Judea, and we follow some of the tenets of this Bible. So now we're Jewish and we're Jews, but they're, they're not the. They're, you can't like I can't now say, oh, you know what? I'm going to follow Confucius 
And that doesn't, that doesn't make me Asian. That doesn't make me Chinese, bro. Like that, it really is only with this and with our records that they, they say that, oh, because I follow this God and because I put some tassels on my shirt, now I'm a Jew or I'm an, I'm an Israeli. They don't never claim to be an Israelite. I-T-E, that suffix just means a descendant of. They're not the true descendants of Israel. You learn in, in Genesis, uh, you learn that Israel is the name that was changed from Jacob, right? Isaac had Jacob and Esau. Jacob wrestles an angel. The angel of God says your name is no more Jacob, but Israel. That's how the name Israel is now stuck around, right? Because his name was changed to Israel. Anybody who descends from that man, Israel, is is an Israelite, Israelite. right? It's not, so you can't just be an Israelite. You can't just be a Jew, you, but they, they try to play semantics like, oh, you're a Jew because now you follow Judaism, which they made up, which is tennis off of the Bible. And now they're just Europeans who are actually converts, converted to Judaism and took on the practices of our people after we lost it. And now they're saying that they're the Israeli or the Israelites, right? They, they never really say they're Israelites. They just say they're Israeli or they're Jewish or sometimes they might say they're a Jew, but they're not. Neither of those things, but they're just, they're Edomites. More specifically, they're from the, uh, they're the grandson, one of the grandsons of Esau, whose name is Amalek, right? And they're, they're the people who rule the earth right now, but they're not the true Israelites, no. Interesting. Now, definitely a lot of, a lot of, we touched on a lot of this interesting topics, but, um, definitely got to get you back on the show once again, because, you know, it's always a good conversation with you. It's all, um, like, and the point of these questions isn't necessarily to be combative. Oh, sorry, my bad, my bad. Mm. Real, the main point of that question was, why is it that they consider you guys a terrorist group? It, what were some of these bad actors? Were the, they bad actors, or is this uh, a misnomer? Okay, so great question, right? Yeah, that's a, you definitely want to harp on that a little more. So what... I, what I have seen that they have tried to use as a way to label us, because they label us that, but the, the government doesn't label us that, right? They just label us extremists, things of that nature. They don't call us a terrorist group. That's just the Jewish man with his jargon trying to do some shit, right? So the only point that they try to go to is what happened back in, like, I want to say it was like 2015 or something like that, where there was some type of attack on, like, some Jewish supermarket in, like, Jersey City or, like, in Bergen or something like that. And they try to, oh, label, yes. they try to label that man as an Israelite, but in all the presses put that out. They said, oh, he's he was an, he's an Israelite, he's that. None of the groups or the camps claimed him, like, oh, he was that. I When I, when I looked into it more and we looked into it more, and, and even the FBI, I think I could, I could try to find a report. If I can't even find it, I'm going to send it to you. Yeah, but, send it. If anything, I'll, I'll edit post. Yeah, and when the FBI came and they did a actual investigation into this man who did it, right? They found, like, all they found was a pamphlet of some, some basically what we would call, like, literature, which is, mm -hmm. like, literally at camp, bro, you have people that stand on the line. You got the two readers, you got the speaker. Sometimes you might have people on the outskirts, and they're just, they're on what's called flyer duty. They will literally give you a piece of paper that says, oh, hey, check out our information. Uh, you know, hit, you'll hit the curses, we'll put, like, Deuteronomy 28 on it, the curses. Yeah. So and so. That's what we'll do. And so literally give out thousands of flyers, bro, to literally any brother that or sister that walks by. So I think what they've tried to do is they try to say that that man, or oh, because of that, 
he was in, he's he was at that Israelite camp. But some people even said that I think when you look into it, they did more research. Like he was jumping all around. He was into nation of Islam. He was into this and that, and he was not in no camp. There's no evidence that he was hanging with any of the brothers at any of these camps. He just maybe he, he took an Israelite flyer one time. That doesn't make he's a part of our groups at all like that. So I think what they're trying to do is say like, oh, these people are violent because they like, but bro, if you understand to go back to your question. It's about the goal is like we don't care about these people. Like we don't want to do any harm to these people right now, right? And I emphasize right now because when I read to you in Revelation two and twenty seven, we are eventually going to have the power to rule over them and break them like a potter's vessel. I'm not doing that right now because I don't have the power to do it. And God hasn't even put it in my spirit to want to do that right now, right? But if the day will come, but but from our understanding, we're the Israelites. God has already promised us the power over these people. I don't. I'm not going to fight them by throwing gas bomb in their supermarkets or anything like that because God already gave us the blueprint of how we're going to even rule over these people. It doesn't come from me trying to badmouth that Jewish man. It comes from me trying to talk to you, trying to talk to my sister, trying to tell them to keep God's laws. Because like I read before in Revelation, this whole judgment is coming once those one hundred and forty-four thousand seals. So yes, we are we are trying to we are definitely not trying to save any other these people. But it's just like we're we're gonna get what we deserve when we do what God says and seal that one hundred forty-four thousand. So no, we don't have to shoot up a Jewish supermarket. Or do any of that nonsense that you might see other people do, like a jihad. Yeah. That's not our. That's not our mission. Mission is literally just wake up the elect. That if you add, run into an Israelite, his mission is to wake up the elect of Israel, because that from that comes all the power and glory that God has promised our people from and, the beginning. And only then will once one hundred and forty-four thousand are sealed. Only then do the end times begin. Right. Only, only then will it happen. Right. So. And which is called the eschaton is like you learn that, like which is like the study of like the, the end times, right? In the eschaton, you learn that there's other things that have to happen in this place called Great Babylon that have to happen first. So prophecy is playing out every day, but there's certain things that we're starting to see, starting to transpire. You might have heard of the mark of the beast. That's mm -hmm. something that has to come onto the scene, things of that nature, and then from there is definitely going to be more tribulation between people, like like hard times. But God will protect those people, and it all culminates with America being destroyed and the Israelites being saved out of America. And then from America, there's other things that happen after the destruction of America, right? I, and the thing is, we're not going to do it. We're not trying to destroy America. Like we're, I'm not going to like go build a militia, and we're going to go take on the U.S. Army, and we're going to go mow people down. Like That's not what's happening, right? God has already destined that America is going to be destroyed by her allies, what you're seeing in Russia, what you're seeing in Ukraine, what you're seeing in Iran, what you're seeing, this is all prophesied that these nations would come against America and destroy America. So I don't got to, I literally don't have to do anything but teach the people and then the prophecies will unfold. God will bring those judgments to America once I get that. My job is literally just to wake people up and everything else will fall into place. Bro. So we're not a terrorist group, right? We just literally are waking our people up. Because we want to see this place fall. That's literally what it is. But okay, and just to wrap that question up, basically, so there isn't a, from your knowledge, there isn't a overt uh, terrorist or uh, extremist faction of the black. Oh, the Israelites, no. 
Yeah, we, we know. Even though I know that they have one that's uh, I for, I'm forgetting the name of it, but I just saw a documentary about one uh, of like a white one, and they were actually oh. extremely racist. And I think they did some shit, and white they one. went out to Mexico. It oh, uh, like a like, white like a Jew, like a Jewish, like the white Jewish type of uh, extremist group. Hmm. Interesting. That, that it actually is an actual terrorist, like classified as an actual terrorist group. Please send that to me because I didn't even know about that. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find that. I'll find that. I'll look into it and I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah. Anything that I even though they, they I'll yeah. definitely will send it to you as well. Not your word. Um. Okay. Nah. But okay. Nah. But that's what's up, man. But yeah, just it's been a great talk, bro. Um. Let the any uh, final messages that you want to let the people know or anything. Uh no, you know we I definitely we talked on all the points that that were that were very uh important for the people to hear. It's just that. You know, we as so-called Black Hispanics and Native Americans, we got to wake up, man. We got to see that and like really get into reality that this place, like I brought out before in Hosea 2 and 10, is not our rest, right? We're not supposed to be here. This is a place of judgment. This is literally a sentencing place for us, for our disobedience. And we're going to, we're, we're about to get out. Literally, our, our, our we're, we're, we're about to hit parole and listen, most high God is the judge and he's saying, yo, it's about time for them to get ready. But the thing is, our evidence has to be that hey, listen, we're following, we're following your laws again. We have faith in your, who the world calls Christ, your son, and we're ready, to, and we're ready to get out of this place. And from there, he's gonna let us out of this prison, and we're going back to where we belong, right? So, the point is, so-called you so-called blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans, you are the true biblical Israelites. Got to keep God's laws and have faith in the son, and then we'll start to see, you know. And even more than that, it's just like just from even following the laws of God. We would see so much things even in our present time in this place that we call America, our life would get better, man. There's so many laws about not being a not being a, a, a backbiter, not gossiping, not standing idly by while your brother gets killed. Doing these things is it promotes love between your people. Our people need that love the most because we just see so much evil and hatred in our own communities towards each other. And but by following the laws of God, we can overcome a lot of these curses and even see our present day get better when we start to keep the laws of God. So that's that's my message. Keep the laws of God, have faith in the Son, and, and we'll be out of here. Okay. Be All right, and let the people know where they can find you, man. I know last time you just gave out the YouTube for uh, Sakari. Yeah, exactly. Like so, you know, I'm still with Sakari. Sakari, New Jersey, New York. We'll be, be out there on 47th Street. Uh, Listen, man, anybody who wants to come and learn about the Bible, even people who aren't Israelites, you want to have some smoke about the Bible, you believe in the Bible, and you believe what we're saying is wrong, you know, we, we, we're cordial. You know, we can have a, we, we have plenty, plenty of our videos show you that we have great dialogues with people of all nations about the Bible, and we, 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 we reason with the scriptures at all times, right? We love when we have a good dialogue with other people about the Bible. Right? We love to, be, this is what we love to do. We love to talk about the Bible. Yeah. Let's debate our cause. So, listen, come on down. Let's talk about the Bible. Uh, yeah, so... 47th Street on Thursdays. For the most part, we kind of jump around. We be in Jersey, we be in Newark, down South Jersey. Sometimes we go upstate. So, but predominantly Thursdays, we out there. Come kick it with us. Uh, you can find us on Sakari.njny on Instagram, on YouTube, on basically on all platforms. Uh, check us out. Give us a follow. Watch some of our videos. Get edified. And our main page is just Sakari. S I C A. R-I-I, that's the main camp. That's our leaders, like his main channel. He's stationed out in Atlanta, and he's a powerful brother through the spirit of the Most High, and he can edify you 10 times better than I ever could. So 
but people go check that out as well. All right, man. I'll make sure you send me all the links too so I can keep put them in the description. But yo, just like that, guys, it's been a great episode. Yo, uh, it's been thanks for stopping by again, bro. I really appreciate you, like, you know, just sharing your knowledge and everything, man. And and I know that like it's not necessarily like even though I know this is your main mission, but you can kick it about anything. You're a regular guy. You get it like but yo just like that guys make sure you like comment subscribe leave uh some give some comments like let us know how y'all feel about the topic spoken on today you know uh keep it keep the hate at a minimum but uh just like that it's been a great episode peace all right hold on yes